Good evening. Today we are going to discuss all things Latino genealogy. So I'd like to welcome you to the Sablas Bangles podcast. Now I'm really excited about this because uh, some time ago we posted a genealogy blog and it got a lot of attention. I know we got a lot of shares and a lot of likes. So I know it's a topic that a lot of you are curious about. Um, we are recording at my dad's house in the middle of the desert. So if you hear roosters, that's why, or if you hear noise, um, I'm literally like live recording on the floor in the living room of our home. So excuse the uh, non-professionalism, but it was the best way for me to record with my sister. So I'd like to just start by giving you a little information on my sister. She is the co-owner and founder of Latinas for Better America, SpanglishGrow.com, and a new store that we're going to be opening. But one of the things um, she embarked on a few years ago was uh, learning more about Latino genealogy and doing our own ancestry research. So, I mean, in, in many ways, she really is just a self-taught Latino genealogist. And I think you guys can all learn a lot from her because she's actually like done the work, she's done the research, and just to show you how successful she's been, uh, just this week, actually, we finally got to the 1500s in terms of our lineage. So right now we've reached the 1500s in Mexico and we've been able to find uh, one of our lines that far back. So Monica, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello everyone. And I'm going to start by asking her um, several questions and that's how we'll go about this podcast. Um, my goal will be to try to get you guys as much information as possible so that you can do your own genealogy research. So I guess um, one of the first things I'd like to ask is what on earth made you want to learn more about our crazy family? Um, a couple of things. I've always been interested in history. And also, there were a couple of shows being aired at the time um, that had to do with genealogy. None of the Mexican genealogy, but uh, genealogy in general. Also, I was just curious. Um, we've always heard stories about, you know, our ancestors that we were supposedly related to Pancho Villa, so That's... I wanted to find out if that was true or not. That turned out not to be the case, although I was really <laughs> surprised because I was a, I'm was i an activist, and I've led a lot of marches, and there's a lot of activists in our family. So that was really disappointing to learn that we weren't, but that's okay. So I guess um, my second question is, and this is something that I was guilty of myself. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I just, like, when my sister first told me she was going to do genealogy research... I just assumed she wasn't going to get anywhere because on my dad's side, we are like really poor people. We live in rural Mexico. Um, so I just assumed like, where are we going to be recorded? Like, I don't even think we own property. And then on my mom's side, um, my mom and her grandparents were migrant farm workers. So they moved a lot and they were already in the U.S. And they were going back and forth, I think, from the U.S. to Mexico. So this is something that I thought would be the case. So can you share a little bit with us on what you actually ended up learning? Who you were or where you lived or whether, you know, you went back to Mexico and the U.S. multiple times. Um, there's pretty much records for everyone. So that being the case, can you share with us um, what type of records there are? Um, I know you, like, sent me stuff here and there, but if you could go through each type of record and maybe just tell us where we go to find that record and what it is you found in them. One of the more recent records is the census record. They have census records for both the U.S. and Mexico, but I'm mainly going to talk about the Mexico ones. A great place to start is with the 1930 Mexican census. It's the first census that the majority of everyone in Mexico participated in, and so 
um, it's just really easy to find family members and then you can usually find, you know, parents or grandparents living alongside your own and, you know, your grandparents or your great grandparents. Well, and we're going to show an example here of the census, but one of the things, because I had looked at them myself, one of the things that I thought was so cool was that it's actually, like, it's actually somebody's handwriting. So it's a little hard to read, but if you pay attention and you kind of notice the patterns of the writing, you'll kind of see, like, what you're looking at. But in terms of the censuses, how often were they doing them? In Mexico, they did a few, though. Um, some of the earlier ones, a lot of people did not participate in. So definitely the 1931 is the one with the most people. And it's actually the, the last one that was released. Um, because of privacy laws, anything after 1930 is, um, I guess, sealed or is not available for the public to view. And where can they go to actually pull up the census records for free so that they don't have to pay? Uh, FamilySearch.org. It's a web website run by the Mormon Church, but it's free for everyone to use. And they have a great collection of Mexican records, whether it's church or uh, civil records. So just from kind of poking my head in and being nosy on how far she had gone, I noticed that she was using the censuses for our earlier genealogy work but then she got to a point where she started using church records so tell them a little bit about where the church records um, come from and how they go about viewing them and what you have found in those church records um so just a little background um when the spanish came to mexico they how do you say when they made everyone go catholic so when the, I guess when the, the inquisition was it the catholic well, it was just when the spanish church came to mexico they Made they started baptizing. We can't think of the word, but they started <laughs> baptizing people. Everyone, and you know, they made them Catholic. Before that, they were, I guess they were pagans, or it's kind they, of the they term were that, natives. Yeah, but they were natives. They didn't believe in you know God Catholicism. or Jesus or any of that. So when the Spanish came along, um, they already had a long history of keeping records in Spain. So they kind of just brought that to Mexico, and so you end up with tons and tons of records through the church for baptisms, marriages, uh, confirmations, communions, you know, deaths, you name it. <laughs> the Catholic Church has everything. Okay, and then you talked a little bit about civil records. Where do they go to view civil records? Um, civil records were when, um, when someone's born or when they die, they record it. Also, they record marriages as well. So these are done through, like, the, the county where they live or yeah, the state? Yeah, it would be, like, you know getting your birth certificate or getting a death certificate. They would have to record whenever someone was born or died. So, um, yeah, civil records, go to FamilySearch.org. And most of these records are cataloged, so all you have to do is just use their search box into your ancestor's name, and voila, all the records pertaining to them come up. Um, another thing, and just recently this weekend, uh, I like I said, I'm here visiting my family. My sister had a book, so can you tell us how you went about finding this book, and if there's any other books that might be helpful, especially for uh, Mexican genealogy research? Um, whenever I find a new ancestor, I always do a Google search of them, and every now and then, one of these ancestors turns out to be in a book, and sometimes these books are written by other genealogists or sometimes historians. Uh, the most recent book I found with one of our ancestors was a book about the early inhabitants of um, San Luis Potosi, uh, the state. 
And this book is pretty cool because it listed our ancestor, uh, his siblings, his kids, and his parents, and I think even his grandparents. So books can be useful, um, especially if, say, you run into a brick wall when searching, you know, records online. Sometimes these books will break down your brick walls. And, um, you know, as far as the books go, like, my sister actually happens to be a librarian, so she just knows this, but if your library doesn't carry a book or it's like a really old book, sometimes they can do what's called, I think it's an inter... Interlibrary loan, yeah, where libraries will loan books um, to other library districts. So that's how we got this one. Yeah. I think she she wanted me to go get it in Chicago, but I ran out of time, so then we brought it. And this book ended up being so cool because we ended up finding like this, what it was was like people were like entering transactions so like if they they had sold gold or if there had been any um legal issues and it was too it was actually kind of funny because all of a sudden we start reading about our our relative who married into this family who were like they the were like follows yeah yeah they were like somebody actually had this online they did a whole thing on it another genealogy researcher but yeah like they were highway robbery highwaymen so we're like reading about these people were, like, beheading each other, and they were getting hung for what they did. So it's pretty cool. Like, you never know what you'll find in these books. So that has pretty much covered, like, I guess you could say the references that you can use or the sources you can use. The main source. Right, that you can use to find people. Um, my sister's mentioned she's used FamilySearch.org, uh, Ancestry.com. Like she said, you know, some of them you pay, some of them you don't. But you should definitely check out the blog that I've mentioned a few times now uh, that we wrote earlier, and I'll reshare it because we have a lot of tips there in terms of the websites you can use. So, Monica, like in summary, how far back have you gone? Uh, about early 1500s. Um, for those of you who don't aren't familiar with Mexican um, history, early 1500s is pretty much the point where the conquistadors were coming into Mexico and you know, um, overtaking the native, the natives. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's just pretty cool. Like here we were thinking we were going to find anything cause we were like poor people who had nothing. And yet you've been able to trace this back to the 1500s. And actually we just did this yesterday. We were sitting on the floor going through this book and that got us to the 1500s. Um, but one of the things we're going to do next and my sister suggested this was because we're to a point where it's getting a little harder to trace, especially on that line, we're going to do the whole DNA thing. So what is, I'm sure you've seen the commercials, but maybe my sister can share a little bit more on what this whole DNA thing is that you can do through um, all these genealogy companies. So there's a couple of uh, DNA tests you can take. I think the most popular one that most of you have probably seen online is the, let's see if I say this correctly, the autismal DNA where they can uh, tell you what percentage you are of um, different ethnicities. So, like most Mexicans, we're a combination of, you know, native, uh, African, and uh, Spanish. So it will tell you, you know, you're 50% Spanish or 20%, you know, native. So that's what that DNA test is for. And also another really cool thing about getting your DNA tested is that you can find um, distant relatives, like second, third, fourth cousins that you never knew about. And maybe they have you know, more um, research done and they can share that with you. And this is something I'm really excited about because my mom has um, African-American features and we've just always known that there's got to, we've, at some point we have to have um, African ancestry, but 
unfortunately the line that we think we have it on we haven't been able to get far back on so we're hoping this will like shed light on that or maybe we'll find um, people who have done re research on that line so it is something really cool and we're really excited to get that back so we're just kind of waiting um, to get that so maybe that's something else you guys can consider as well so that's the end of our podcast for today. I hope you found this helpful. I mainly wanted you guys just to get an idea of what records we use to search our genealogy research because that's really at the heart of your research. That's where you need to be looking and that's where you'll get most of your information. So I hope you found this helpful. Uh, the next podcast will be posted sometime next month in April. Until then, thank you for listening and we will talk soon. <laughs>